I want you to to take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We began a study last Sunday morning on the Lordship of Jesus, having faith in that Lordship. And I'm going to show you some scripture. I want to start with this scripture today. And I can't go back and remind you of everything that we said last week, but I do want to share this with you, this statement. Understanding the Lordship of Jesus is the most important part of your Christianity. I mean, it's the, it's the confession of His Lordship, what you said with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. We've already talked about that cross today and the resurrection. You say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and the Bible says that confession brings salvation. You know, the faith in your heart released through your mouth, you brought salvation. Now, write this down if you weren't here last week, and so you understand it. The word salvation is a Greek word, sozo, S-O-Z-O, or it comes from a Greek word, soteria. Now, this is not a Greek lesson, or maybe it is, but it just simply means this in the original language. And, and it's important to talk about this because we don't pull it out naturally. Just by, We see the word salvation. Yes. Now, what do, we, what do we think when we think the word salvation? We think born again. Well, and that's, that's a big part of it. I mean, he's glad to be born again. Amen. Ask your pastor if I'm glad you're born again. Amen. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I'm awful glad you're born again because I'm thinking if you're this bad saved, I mean, you must be horrible unsaved. Just, I'm messing with you. Yeah, I was just talking about Lisa, right? But if you, yeah, amen. That confession brought you out of darkness into the kingdom of light that one confession of His Lordship, that one belief of His Lordship, and then faith in that enough to confess Him. Why, why is a confession, why was it a confession that got us saved? Why did it bring us into this soteria? Now, soteria, as I was starting to tell you, that Greek word sozo, soteria, means more than just born again, mm-hmm. but it means all the benefits that go with it as Come being on. a believer. Amen. If you moved into a new nation, a new country, now how many of you is not looking for one? No, we're making this one great again, right? That's right. But if you were moving into a new country as, as um, the founders of this nation did years ago, if you, if you were looking for a new country, then immediately the new laws of that country, let's just say there was a better country that you chose. I know this is a bad illustration, but let's just say there's a better country you chose. When you became a citizen of that country, whatever process it was, would take to get there, then immediately the laws of that nation and the benefits of that nation <coughs> then become yours. As, as anyone that would come from another country to come become a citizen of this country, they, they get the same benefits that you and I do. Amen. They get the same so, say-so once they become a citizen. They get the same say-so in government, in, in voting. They get the same ability to run for office. Mm-hmm. You know, they get the same ability to, to have free enterprise and make more. And that's why somebody can come to this country, be here two years, make more than people that's been here for 80. Right. Amen. Because they just took advantage of what free enterprise can do and capitalism can do. And so the idea is you get all the benefits. Well, that word soteria means that. So it doesn't just mean born again. The word sozo actually is translated also healed. It means to be prosperous. It means to be peace, full of peace and freedom. Amen. See, I told you, but the woman with the issue of blood that touched the hem of his garment, she'd been sick with that bloody flux for all those years. The Bible says that when she touched that, she was made whole. And Jesus looked at her and said, daughter, Go in peace. Well, first of all, it says you're healed. She was healed of that. Use the word healed. That's the same word sozo. So in other words, to be born again, we use that word for born again. It's the same word to be healed physically. It's the same word to be prosperous. Think about that. So benefit from that. All right, why then did it take you and I believing in our heart that God had raised Jesus from that cross after he died and and was put in that tomb, then he was resurrected. How many of you know there was something? It wasn't just the death on the cross and then resurrected. It was what happened between the cross and the resurrection. Amen. 
Somehow most preachers have left out the three and a half days between when Jesus said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the well, so shall the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. And Jesus was paying the price. And when the eternal courts of justice was satisfied, the old was gone and the new kingdom was there and available. And when you acknowledge that, you made a confession, Jesus is Lord. More personal, you said, Jesus is Lord of my life. Jesus is my Lord. And when you made that confession, the Bible says in Colossians 1, it brought you out of Satan's kingdom, or you came out from under Satan's authority. Satan doesn't have a right to rule over you anymore, and now you've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Not going to be when you die. That happened when you became born again. You came out of darkness, out of Satan. Let's, let's make it plain. Out of Satan's authority, under God's authority, under Jesus' lordship. And it's no wonder when you come out of a kingdom that you've been in all of your life prior and you come into a new kingdom that you have to give allegiance to the new motherland, so to speak. And you say, Jesus is now Lord of this life. The devil's ruled this one long enough. I am no longer under his authority. Jesus is now Lord. So we made our allegiance through that. That confession of his lordship, your faith in his lordship enough to say it, Brought you out of all of that. Now everything that heaven has belongs to you. See, Ephesians chapter 1, I think I'm quoting this right now. I'm going to quote one by memory. I'm going to trust your memory and you correct me if I'm wrong. This is Ephesians chapter 1. I'm not going to look at you trying to uh, open book test on me. Don't look at your scripture. I just want to, this is memory, I said. Ephesians 1 3. I think it says, when we die, we will be blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. When we die? No. No, no. It says, actually, it says, blessed be the Lord God that has already blessed us with every blessing in heavenly places. That's King James and a little blind to us, written in 1611. That's a little blind to our reading, that we're already blessed. I'm just emphasizing the word. It means we're already blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That means everything that heaven, that people, you got any loved ones that's gone to heaven? Yes, amen. What what troubles do you think they got up there? Think they're having trouble paying the power bill on the mansion no. up there? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Think they're having trouble getting somebody to help with the lawn up there? No. Streets got holes in it? No. No. Mm-mm. No. All right, you know there's no issues, there's no problem, nobody running around with the pains. And y'all, right. uh, hey, how are you? Can you imagine seeing somebody in heaven saying, hey, how are you doing? Well, you know, my help's still bothering me again no, a little bit. No, not in no. heaven. No, not at all. No, not in heaven. Now, what that scripture says, now, we're already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Or in other words, we already right now possess what everybody, pay attention now. You're trying to get this revelation that's going to change you. It says you're already enjoying or you already have the privilege to enter into everything that people in heaven are already enjoying. It belongs to you down here. Now, the only thing different about you and people that's gone to heaven is what belongs to them is no different. If God's got a mansion for you there, He's got a mansion for you here. If He's got health for you there, He's got health for you here. If He's got debt freedom there, He's got debt freedom here. Jesus said, pray as it is in heaven that it will be on earth. So that's our prayer every day. Lord, let heaven manifest in my life down here. What heaven, what what saints that are in heaven right now are already enjoying, I enjoy now. The only thing different between you and them is that you've got a devil trying to stand between you to get it. They're not battling the devil up there. They're They're not battling the devil. Well, that ought to tell you something because the Bible tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can withstand all the attacks of the evil one. That armor is not for heaven. You're not going to go to heaven and see somebody dressed in their armor. They don't need it. They don't have an enemy up there. And the gates are unlocked. Satan can't even come in. Revelation says the gates are open. 
And you can't even get in unless you're welcome into that city. Amen. All right. Now, the only problem, like I say, you and I have got a devil that's standing between us. Right. And faith in the Lordship of Jesus yeah. is what will get you access to what already is yours. Yes. Wow. Amen. That's good. That's why you ought to be saying, if you're having a problem with your health, you ought to be saying, Jesus is Lord over my body. Amen. And if you can be specific about it, yes. Jesus is Lord over my right knee. Yes. Jesus is Lord over my you know, intestines or whatever a person might be battling. Jesus is Lord over my kidneys today. Amen. Jesus is Lord That's over right. my eyes. He's Lord yes. over my back. He's Lord yes. over my marriage. Yes. He's Lord over my family. Jesus is Lord. Put all your bills. Put all your bills. I was with a preacher one time in Mississippi, a pastor friend of mine, and uh, he was having some financial struggles, I suppose. I mean, I, I learned later that he was, of course, but I mean, I didn't know it at the time. I, was, I had spent the night with him. And uh, I got up that next morning. It was Monday morning. I'd preached for him on Sunday. And Sunday night, and so it, now it was Monday morning, and they were getting up, and I guess perhaps the offering just wasn't what they needed to get the bills paid, and so they, they got in, in a battle for, you know, zone. And so by the time I got up, they were all like, come on, James, come on, we're all going to the, the living room. I said, what are we doing? Said, and they took all their bills and their check, church checkbook and ministry checkbook and their personal checkbooks. They put everything in the middle of the living room floor. They put their bills on there. And we had a Jericho march around that speaking, Jesus is Lord over this finances. Jesus is Lord over those bills. His lordship's bigger than the, than the debt. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Jesus is Lord over anything that you confess him Lord over. Amen. And you need to put it in the middle of the floor and just, just have, and of course it, it brought a breakthrough to them before the day was over. Finances had come in to take care of whatever their immediate needs were. And so expect God to be able to do something, but it's through faith in the Lordship of Jesus. Now I wanted to show you a scripture to start with Ephesians chapter three. If you'll, if you'll just turn there, Ephesians three, and we're going to read verses eight through 12. And this is the apostle Paul talking. And he says unto me, Unto me, Paul, any, any minister um, probably would like this verse. I like it. This is one of my favorite verses in the Scripture. And this is, but this is Paul talking. It's also me talking. I like this verse. It says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I get to preach among the Gentiles. Wow. Paul said it's an overwhelming thing. I don't deserve the least of God's mercies, but yet I get to preach. Isn't that wild? Then I get to preach among the Gentiles or tell them the unsearchable riches of Christ. Amen. And I like to think that's what we do in these services all the time is we preach the unsearchable means you can't get to the end of the riches that belongs in Christ or through Christ. Now we're talking about Jesus' Lordship. He said, my job as a minister, verse 9, is to make all men see. Now, this is what church ought to be. My job as a pastor, as far as church services go, in the teaching. You know, the Bible says an elder should be apt to teach, able to teach. Now, my job as a pastor teacher is to not entertain you on Sunday morning or Wednesday night or whenever we have service. Say, okay, we got through another church service, you know, that kind of thing. My job is to, look at verse 9, to make you see before you go out of this room today what is the fellowship, or in other words, King James, a little blind, what is your part? My job is to make you see what is your part of the mystery of Christ in you, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. My job, verse 9, Paul says, this is Gardner translation now, uh, translation that will come out early March. But my translation says it this way. Paul says, my job as a preacher is to help you to see what is your part that God planned for your life before the foundation of the world and where you fit into the scheme of things in His kingdom and how to function. 
When you got born again, you're not in the same kingdom. Amen. And you need, to, you need to recognize that and live accordingly. Now watch this. So that's my job. Now verse 10 is where I want to get you to. To the intent or for this reason, I'm, I'm training you to grow up in who you are in Christ with this intent that now under the principalities and powers, that means all the demonic spirits in heavenly places or in the atmosphere, all the demons that are standing between you from receiving from God are going to know, those demons are going to know, they might be known by the church, by your life, the manifold wisdom of God. I, I know this is blind. Look, look can I say it in, in my... Yes, please do. Yeah, um, paraphrase for just a moment. Yes. Paul's saying this. He's saying, look, he said, I was the greatest of all sinners. I don't see how God could let me be a saint, but I'm the least of all, but I came in the kingdom. I'm still in the kingdom, but I'm, I, I'm the least deserving of all. And then God picked me and made me a preacher. And now my job is I get to preach to you what belongs to you because of Jesus. And the demon spirits are about to experience the wallop of the punch that God's putting in you before the foundation of the world. The devil's going to experience it when you learn who you are. Now, when you don't know who you are, you get up in the mornings and say, well, you know, they're laying off at the plant. I'll probably get laid off, too. When you don't know who you are, you can be a Christian, but you don't know who you are in Christ. And you'll right. say things like, well, you know, that, that uh, flu's going around, and I'll probably get it too. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've already filled in the symptoms of it. Or, you know what the doctor said has mm-hmm. come back on me. Mm-hmm. Come on. But when you know who you are, you don't respond That's that right. way. Amen. As a child of God, you come up and you say, you know what? I might have be, been the least of all saints, but I, ain't the, you know, I, I, I am not without a Lord. That's right. Amen. And the Lord now had a plan for me. I have a fellowship or a part in this mystery. Yes. And I'm on this planet. This is my time to shine. This is my hour. And the power of God. And I'm going to let the devil know what for. And any devil that's trying to stop me is going to wish he hadn't woke up in hell this morning. He's going to go because I'm going to send him back there. You know. Now that's, that's, just, that's just natural a way of putting it. I, I say natural, a more common way. But that's what the Apostle Paul's saying. But now it all has to do with our faith in the Lordship. Keep reading. Now watch this. Verse 10. To the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, that's me and you, the manifold wisdom of God that God's plan, He already had, according, now this is going to happen, verse 11, according to the eternal purpose. Eternal means this was something that God had planned before man was ever put on this planet. You, you ought to get excited about that. You're fulfilling a destiny today. If you're, if you're sucking wind today, if you're breathing you are actually fulfilling a destiny of your life being here that God had planned before Adam was ever created, before the foundation of the world. So according to God's eternal purpose, which He purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. We're going to emphasize that word Lord. In this Lordship of Jesus, verse 12 says, in whom or in the Lord we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of Him. Everything that Satan's trying to keep you from accessing that belongs to us in the kingdom, Amen. we have access through the Lordship. Amen. Or in other words, through, the, through faith in the Lordship, Amen. we have access. Yes, we now, let, let, let me just slow down here, man, just tell you something. If I was not called into the ministry, I recognized that call in 1980, January of 1980. I, I began to recognize that call in my life, and it scared the fire out of me. But I'm going to tell you something. If I, now I've been doing that now for 40 years. been what, what God's called me to do for 40 years. No, January would be 40 years. If I were not called into the ministry and I was not called to be the pastor of this church, I'd be a member of this church. 
I would be a member of this church and I wouldn't just be sitting on a chair somewhere. I'd be doing something. I'd have a position. People in the church would know me for what I do in the church. I mean, I'd have my job because there's a scripture and I'm going to give it to you out of one translation, but King James just to identify it and you'll remember it. David said this in the Psalms. He said, a day in your courts, talking about God, a day in your courts is better than a thousand years elsewhere. I'd rather spend one day in your presence than a thousand years outside of it. And then he said this. He said, to be a doorkeeper, I'd rather be a doorkeeper just keeping the gate. Now, the doorkeeper is at the entrance of the building. I'd rather be assigned to the parking lot team, in other words. Amen than to dwell safely inside the tents of the wicked. Come on. Amen. I would That's rather right. be just a doorkeeper for God's kingdom Amen. Come on. than to be big in the world's system. Amen. That's right. Amen. I'd rather be on the outside edge of the kingdom of God <laughs> than have a good seat in wicked places. That's right. Amen. Because it's better to be in God's presence. Well, Look at this. I, I chose to show you this out of, if you look on the screen, this is out of the Passion Translation. And I love this. It says, for just one day, no, actually, I think this is the message. But anyway, I didn't put that down. But for just one day of intimacy with you, God, is like a thousand days of joy rolled up into one. One day with God is like a thousand years of joy all rolled up into one. I get more in one day than I could get in a thousand without you. Huh? I think it's the message I just said. I'm not sure his message or... Psalm 84, Miss Susan. Psalm 84. 84. Thank you. You good now? Yes. I didn't know it either. Can you do do your studies when you get home? Some of y'all? Look at this. Y'all, okay, Psalm 84. May I continue reading? Okay. May I direct your attention to the screen now? Watch this. Now, let's, let's read this. Here's what David said. He said, for one day of intimacy with God is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of the gate, the doorkeeper, than to live my life without you in the most beautiful places of the wicked. Wow. A palace, a palace rather, of the wicked. I'd rather be just on the outskirts. I'd just rather be, if I wasn't the pastor, I'd be something. Yes. And, and, and I'd be Amen. doing something and you'd know me for what I do. That's right. Amen. And that's the way we all ought to be in the kingdom because right. what a privilege it is to be in this kingdom and it's the Lordship of yes. Jesus that brought Amen. us in, yes. into this place. And so we don't just throw the, once you get saved, you don't throw the Lordship away. Some of us have caught revelation knowledge of the Lordship of Jesus in times past, just little, little glimpses of it. And because of that, we've experienced some miracles from time to time, breakthroughs we call them sometimes. Because of we've got some revelation of that, we've experienced some miracles. And, and the truth is, as we've already preached to you, He's Lord of everything. And so yes. Jesus can fix anything right. that you give to Him or that you submit to Him. Yes. But if we continue to feed along these lines, not just occasionally talking about it, but like here we are going to teach on it till the Lord says we're done. If we continue on the lines of talking about faith and the Lordship of Jesus, mm-hmm. it stands to reason in my mind, that we would start experiencing more of these breakthroughs. Yes. Yes. If a little glimpses brought us little manifestations, right. then a longer right. glance yes. would bring us into a place of living in this right. experience of the Lordship yes. of Jesus. Yes. Where we don't just get a thing or two every once in a while, but regular things if we just continue to feed along the information of He's Lord. I want you to look now at Matthew chapter 8. 
in verses 5 through 13. But I'm, actually, I'll just show you some others. But Matthew chapter 8 is the reference I want to go to. Very quickly, this is the Roman centurion. Remember him? Yeah. Roman centurion. It means he's a Gentile. Now, this is in the gospel. So in Jesus' ministry, here's a man that's not even an Israelite. He's a Roman centurion. Centurion comes from the word 100, which means he's got 100 soldiers under his authority. He's a leader of this group of 100 men. And he's got a, a sick servant. And he comes to Jesus. And what I want you to go ahead and write in your notes, because I don't want you to miss this today. I, I'm telling you, this has changed you. If you can catch this revelation on the Lordship of Jesus. This Roman centurion who you know, he came for his friend. He had real good, strong faith we're going to read about. I know you already know this story. Because the man said, I'm not worthy, Jesus. You come under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Do you remember this? Speak the word only and my servant will live. And when Jesus spoke that word, his servant was healed. Here's what I want you to write down. This man referred to Jesus or addressed Jesus twice as Lord. Now, there's a key in this. In fact, look, you got, he, you got Matthew 8 open yes. there, right? Yes. Before you get to that story of the Roman centurion that begins in verse 5, look back at the leper that's just prior to him. In verse 1, when he came down from the mountain, when Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper. Now, this was an incurable disease of the day. You could say this was a man in, in a non, un, non-treatable, untreatable cancer last stage, final stage. Uh, that, that's the way we can comprehend it. Uh, maybe an AIDS victim with no aid, nothing that can be done whatsoever. This is what this man had. He had a leprosy that was eating his flesh. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying what? Lord. Lord. He acknowledged Jesus as Lord. There's faith in the Lordship of Jesus gets miracles. Now, here I'm going to put you on a study, okay? Amen. I'm going to give you an assignment. I want you to get on a study. Go back in your leisure or your aggressiveness, and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. And look at the ministry of Jesus and see how often the people that received from Him are people that addressed Him and acknowledged Him as Lord. Amen. Now, you won't find that in 100% because it doesn't tell us, but, but I mean, the idea, I think it's going to leave enough idea in you that when you read, you're going to see Jesus healed a whole multitude, which could have been thousands of sick people. Multitude, a whole city was healed in Matthew chapter 8 right. later. Amen. And so... What was it? They were coming because they were understanding him as Lord and they put faith in his lordship. Now, now this word Lord, this Roman centurion calls him Lord twice. I want you to write down this definition before we read it. The word Lord means an owner. You can write down as much of this as you want. It's a little bit lengthy, but it means an owner or master, one who exercises full rights. Literally means absolute ownership rights. That's what the word Lord means. So when these people came to Jesus and said, Jesus, you are Lord, and addressed Him that way, these are people that had faith in the fact that they were giving all their situation over to Him. You own this situation, Lord. It's yours, not mine. The reason we're stressed out nowadays and we get worried is because we're trying to own our problems when Jesus wants to own it. If you'll let Him own your debt, He'll get you out supernaturally. If you'll let him own your sickness, your pain, your diagnosis, let him own that diagnosis. Don't take your diagnosis with you to bed. Let Jesus own it. Jesus, you're Lord over this. That, that puts him in the ownership of it. When you acknowledge him as that, that ownership of it. Say amen if you can see that. Lord means owner, <clears throat> master, one who exercises full rights, absolute ownership rights. The name Lord implies, now this is important. This is all from the Greek. The name Lord implies complete trust, 
from the one that calls you that. So in other words, if you call Jesus Lord, you're saying, Lord, I know the doctor said if I don't do this, I'm going to die, but I'm putting this over in your hands. Amen. Putting this over in you. It means you got complete trust or total faith in the one that you're calling Lord. Read the story with me real quick. I'll try to do this quickly. Verse 5, when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, which is where Jesus' home was, when he entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, now see, that's not just an address like sir. It's more than that. Your complete ownership of that. All right, so he said, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. What that verse 6 means is he brought a problem to Jesus and gave Jesus ownership of the problem. I've been worried, we say it like this, I've been worried about my servant. He's been sick. It's a servant, obviously, that he loved. My servant's been sick, but it's now your problem, Jesus. By calling him Lord, it's not in my hands anymore. It's now yours. Now, this man, we know this man got something. We need to follow his pattern. So he said, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, well, I'll come and heal him. Isn't that powerful? But the centurion answered again and said, Lord, new owner of my servant's problem. I'm not really worthy that you should come under my roof, but if you'll speak the word only, because you're Lord. If you'll speak the word only, my servant will be healed. For I'm a man under authority, and I have soldiers, a hundred of them, under me. And I say to this soldier, go, and he goes. To another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, and he doeth it. And I notice Jesus, I'm adding this, but this is what he was emphasizing, is Jesus, you're just like that. Just like I can command a soldier and he'll obey me, you can command sickness and disease and they'll obey you. You can, you can command financial problems and they'll obey you. You're Lord over things. You've got power over forces of nature. So you remember in the boat with Jesus? Things just going to be a day of crossing the lake and all of a sudden a storm comes and about to sink them and they have to wake Jesus up because he's got peace in the middle of the storm. And they wake him up and he stands up and he rebukes the storm. He's got power. He's Lord over the forces of nature. He's Lord over financial problems. He's Lord over. And this man recognized this. He said, you've got the ability. And if you'll speak that sickness and disease and my servant will obey you. That's powerful to me. Verse 10, when Jesus heard him say that, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I've not found so great a faith. Now I'm going to add something for clarity. Can I do that? This will do no misjustice to the Scripture. It will just bring out what we're seeing in the story. Let's read verse 10 again. Jesus heard that. He marveled, said to the people that were around him, Verily I say unto you, I have not found anybody with so great faith in my lordship, not even in Israel. Because that's that's what's in in question here, or what's the subject, rather, is the lordship of Jesus, or the power that Jesus has, the authority that he has over sickness and disease. Amen. I've never seen anybody that had this much faith in my Lordship. Well, he hadn't seen Jasper Christian Center come to our full place yet. We're on the way, right? We're next in line. Look at verse 11. And then he said, I say unto you, many shall come from east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom, the Israelites, shall be cast out in outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, the ones that this covenant table, see, this man getting his healing for his servant, was sitting at the table of God. Come on. These are things that God serves. Now go back yes. to Psalm, in your mind, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall yes. not lack. He setteth the table before me, right. or He provides a table. He yes. puts that table in front of me in the yes. presence of my enemies. Yes. What's a table for? To eat. Well, most of you figured it out today in here. It's for sitting at. That's right. And then you partake of what's at the table. That's right. 
what's served at the table. That's right. Amen. And so God's serving things at the table. Now, all right, Jesus even called healing the children's bread. That's right. yes. You remember the Syrophoenician woman? Yes. Syrophoenician woman comes to him and she falling around. Jesus, yes. you know, my daughter's got a, a demon <laughs> grievously tormented. And Jesus didn't answer a word for a while and finally he ministered to her. But when she recognized his lordship and began to worship him, yes. he ministered to her and he said this, you know, he, he said something to her that it's not right for the, take the children's bread right. and give right. to the dogs. And see, the children's bread is what he referred to as the deliverance and healing for the daughter was children's bread. So when he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemy, Come on. Amen. See, we, we, listen, quit putting Psalm 23 off till your funeral. Come on. When I die, y'all read Psalm 23. You won't need Psalm 23 That's when you go to heaven. That's right. You're not going to have any enemies in heaven. That's right. Amen. Lord, prepare me a table in the presence of my enemies. And Jesus is going to say, I'm sorry, your enemies didn't get to come. There are no enemies up here. That's right. Not that Amen. he's not going to get you a table prepared, but the one he's talking about in Psalm 23 is for right now. That's right. Amen. And he says, I'm preparing a table before you in the presence of your yes. enemies. Wow. And then he's serving us the things that belong on that table. Yes. In fact, David in Psalm 23 tells us two of the things that served on that table. He said, surely goodness and mercy is going to follow me all the days of my life. So God's coming around with a double helping of goodness. Yes. Amen. Yes. Anybody ever need a triple helping of mercy? Here's you, here's you some mercy there. Oh, oh, Jesus, excuse me. I need a little more than that right there. Mercy, and it's provided on that table. Children's bread, healing, and deliverance is on that table. Now, now please catch the revelation of this. This, this is powerful. When we submit to this lordship, now watch what happened. He said, verse 11, he said, many are going to sit down and banquet with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When you get in faith in the lordship of Jesus, you are partaking of the same benefits that all the covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had. When you don't know faith in the Lordship, you're cast out from the table. Are you? And, and God didn't kick you out. You just didn't go to the restaurant. You went to the wrong place. So the name of the Lord implies complete trust. Now, look, I'll finish the story. You still with me? Verse 12, but the children of the kingdom shall be cast out in outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Verse 13, but Jesus said unto the centurion, now go your way. And as you have believed... Now, I'm going to add this for clarity because it's the subject. Go your way, and as you have believed and put faith in the lordship of me, Jesus said, so be it done unto you. And the servant was healed in the self-same week, the same month. How many of you got a Bible? When did it happen? In the self-same hour, which doesn't mean 60 minutes. It actually means in the same time. Or the same moment that Jesus said that, his servant was healed at that same instant. That's powerful. In effect, what this man said to Jesus was, Speak the word only, just as I'm set over these hundred men, and they obey my command. You've been set over disease. You're master over demons, the laws of nature. You have authority over disease and sickness, poverty too. All you have to do is speak, and the sickness and disease will obey you. That's what faith in the Lordship of Jesus is. And we have the right to speak that name and declare His Lordship over all. I was reading something that Kenyon said years ago, E.W. Kenyon. He said, the fact that God's given us unlimited freedom to use the name of Jesus, it belongs to us. It's not just a few people. It's not just the pastors or the ministers that have the right to use the name of Jesus. But that power of attorney to use the name of Jesus has been given to every believer. And, And Kenyon said this. He said, the fact that God's given us unlimited right access to use the name of Jesus is showing you the confidence that God has in your ability and your faithfulness to use that name. See, we've been challenged to take the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, 
as a lawyer. See, I, I had a lawyer sitting on the front row of the church one day, over at the old building one day. Some of y'all remember him. And uh, he's in heaven now. But I asked him one day. I said, I said, I stopped. I said, Stuart, tell me. I said, we were talking about Matthew, oh, excuse me, Mark 16, where Jesus said, go in my name, cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And I said, what does that mean legally when he says, go in my name? And Stuart's answered, and he was working for the DA's office at that time, but he was a lawyer. And he made this statement. He said, well, that means that Jesus gave them power of attorney to use that name. Well, here's the thing that's interesting. The name will do whatever the man can do. So the name of Jesus still carries the same anointing and power that Jesus himself did. In other words, if you could have got to Jesus' presence in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you could have got whatever you had faith for to receive from him, right? Well, now the name will do the same thing that the man will do. The power of attorney, just like your name. You don't have to go to the bank to get money out of the account. You have to send your name down there. It's called a check. And if your name's proper, your name will do what you could do. Amen. Somebody can take your name written properly and withdraw from your account whatever you told, said right. that they could have. Amen. That's Amen. right. Amen. Amen. The power of attorney, the right to use the name. So when he gave us the name of Jesus in faith in the Lordship of Jesus, mm-hmm. he's given us a challenge to use that faith in the Lordship. Mm-hmm. My job and your job today is to accept the challenge yes. or be a deadbeat. Yes. And just say, you know, I'm going to go through life just in my own power and my own authority and getting whipped up and beat up by the devil. And the Bible doesn't say Jesus is coming back for a whipped, beat up church. The Bible says he's coming back for a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And you're going to have to make the decision whether you're in that. And and can I tell you something else why I've got you still sitting here for a minute? Do you know that the spots, wrinkles, and blemish, if you go back and study that, that's not talking about wrinkles in our character. That's talking about people. Spots, wrinkles, and blemishes that he's going to get rid of are people he's getting rid of. Wow. Not, not faults in you, but people that won't remove the faults. Wow. Now, that's, that's, you go back and do a study on that yourself, and, uh, but it's a powerful thing to think about. All right, wow. anyway, of great value to us. So let's, let's sum this up right quick. I, I'm going to give you a testimony, Lordship of Jesus. I was reading a testimony the other day about a lady by the name of Judy from uh, she's North Augustine, South Carolina north part of Augustine. In 2008, she had been diagnosed in the final stages, the last stages of throat cancer. And of course, you know what I mean, final stages, it already got into the lymph nodes and the doctors. Here's what her doctor said in 2008, said, you are going to die. Now, she was a young lady. Said, you're going to die. And this is what her doctor said. He said, you need to just go home, curl up in the lap of Jesus because you're going to die. And that's what he sent her home to do. Well, she said, I went home, but I didn't curl up in his lap to die. I curled up in his lap to let his lordship begin to come over my life. And I began to confess Jesus as Lord over this. Now, I was supposed to die in a short time because this was all through my body. She said, I felt the weakness of it. And so on. she knew it was in her body. She said, but instead I curled up into his lordship and I, I just gave myself over to him. I began to confess Jesus as Lord over this cancer. And she said, in 2009, I went back to him and the doctor was amazed because he could find no cancer in my body. And he, and he said this to her, you know, it's kind of hard on medical doctors sometimes to, to admit it. But he said to her, I said, well, I, I can't understand what happened to the cancer. Her husband was sitting there with her. said, I don't know what y'all did to get the cancer gone. But he said, but the only thing I need to warn you about, it will come back in two years. She said, I went home in 2009 and I kept doing and still do today. Now, today it's been over 10 years Praise since God. that cancer was her body. It has not returned in her body. But she learned to put her faith in the Lordship yes. of Jesus. Amen. So whatever thing that you've got battle with today, Come give it to Him. Yes. Did you Amen. get anything out of that yes. today? Amen. Give it to Him. I'm preaching short today, yes. but I, I've been told I've got to. 
But I want you to get a revelation from heaven that God is willing to work in your behalf today. And I say things about sickness and disease. A lot of times that's not the battle people are going through. I was reading about one fellow. I say reading. I heard his testimony. He was a welder. And he said uh, he welded some on the side to make a little extra money, you know, because he had a job welding. And he said, I, I did, and I don't know what year this was, so I don't know what the rate is now, but this just went the story he told. He said, at that time, he said, I was getting $80 a bucket of welding bolts. I'd get $80 a bucket. And he said, a man hired me on the side, said, I need two buckets. That's 160 bucks. He said, that's pretty good. You know, over the weekend, he was going to make an extra 160. He said, but I started confessing, Jesus, I want you to do supernatural things, not just what I can do with the labor of my hand. I want you to do supernatural things. And he said, when I got through welding those two buckets, the man came back and said, I needed them fast. You did them fast. So I'm not going to pay you $80 a bucket. I'm going to pay you $180 a bucket. He said, I made 360 where I should have made 160. And he says, because I started trusting Jesus to do supernatural things. So God will do whatever you can believe him for, yes, he's willing yeah. to do it. Amen. Um, you know, Lisa was telling with us a year ago about the raise that came. She wasn't supposed to get the raise and, and, and wasn't even supposed to have the, didn't have the uh, education to have the position. They already told her, so you don't have the education for it. You don't have the degree or whatever it was for it. You don't have the right qualifications. And then when she, they gave her the job anyway, because she kept using her faith amen. in the Lord Jesus. Amen. Say amen, amen to that. Amen. And then, then when it came time for the raise, they said, but you can't get a raise. The raise isn't going to be there. And everybody told her, said, even if it was a raise, it wouldn't come till the next year. And that is not going to come. Right. And I, let me side note here. And there was a, a man, I know a woman named Jill. And she made this statement. She said that her, she was giving her testimony. And then she said that she had came back to her hometown and took a job that she absolutely loved and adored. She took that job, but it just wasn't enough, making enough money to pay, you know, her expenses and all. And so she said, I started saying, Lord, I believe you're going to give me a raise. I want a good raise. And I'm going to, I'm going to have enough because I want the job. I like the job. Right. And she kept using her faith, exercising her faith in the Lordship Amen. of Jesus. And her co-workers heard her talking about a raise, and they said, sweetheart, we ain't getting no raise in this place. She, they said, if you got a dime in a year, you'd be lucky. You're not getting anything. And said in three days, I think it was three or four days, said her boss came in there and told her, not the rest of them, told her, said, you're getting a raise. And it was 15 times more than what she had decided. Now, to finish Lisa's test, I'm just saying God can work in area, any area that you need help in if you'll submit it to his lordship. Say amen if you can see that. Lisa was sharing with us that thing about it, and all of a sudden that race came to you, wasn't it, earlier in the, it was in November, and it was starting to do it. It was supposed to be like in November, but it was like after, it was supposed to be like in April the next year. Yeah, it was supposed to be in April, but she got it in November. So in other words, they started the race. Well, I tell you what, God's going to start yours. All you got to do is start getting busy, confessing the Lordship of Jesus and all that you do. Would you stand up with me right quick, and I'll let Brother Joel come. But Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, boy and girl that's in this place. They lift your hands into the Lordship of Jesus, would you? Just lift them up into it. Decide today. This is a good crowd to do it in. Just decide today that you're never again going to be outside of His Lordship. Lord, I'm, I'm not going to try to take ownership of problems and difficulties. They're not for me. They're for you. I give them to you, Jesus. I'm not Lord. You're Lord. And I trust you with them in Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around just for a minute, I want to pray with you before I turn it over to others. If you're standing here today and you say, Brother James, I'm standing in Jasper Christian Center this morning, and I don't know whether I've ever actually made Him Lord. I've made Him Savior. That's where I get forgiveness of my sins, but I don't know if I've ever just trusted Him to be in total control of everything. And if you're here today and you say, Brother James, I'm in that case, would you? I'm not going to call you out to embarrass you, but if you need prayer while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody looking around for just a minute to give privacy to others, 
if you just lift your hand and say, Brother James, pray for me, because I'm going to make him lordship today. Today's the 13th of October is going to be a big day for me. Amen. And I'm going to make Amen. him lord. Anybody need that today Amen. as I look around the room? God bless you. I see a hand. Uh, anybody else around? So lift your hand. Just You can lift it and put it right back down. Thank you so much. Anybody else say, I'm, I'm going to make him lord today. Anybody else join? All right. Amen. I want the ones that lift your hand, lift again, and we're going to lift ours right up there with you. Yes. Everybody Amen. in the room, let's just lift our hands to be a blessing to them so they're not lifting alone. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear we're, Lord we're, Lord now listen Lord now, Jesus. if you lifted your hand for prayer, you say this loud enough to hear yourself say it, and God Almighty is going to receive your faith in Jesus yes. Amen. And, and just move you into that position today. Amen. It's a choice, uh, an, excuse me, an act of your will. It's a, it's a release of your own choice to make Him Lord today. Sell out to Him where He's not Amen. just Savior, but He's Lord. That's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. So Amen. if you lifted your hand for that, you say it out loud enough to hear yourself say it, and we're going to say it along with you to be a yes. blessing to you. Amen. Say this with me now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus I, sell out to you today. I sell out to you today. I'm at the end of me, and I'm coming to you, and I'm giving my whole life over to you, Jesus. I'm not going to make my own decisions. I don't want to be a wrinkle in the body of Christ that you're wanting to remove. I want to be yours. I want to be clean and free and enjoying the Lordship. So I receive you now as Lord. I confess it this day. Jesus is my Lord. You make the decisions. You call the shots. In Jesus' name. You believe that? Yes. Say amen to that. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name.